Hello and welcome to City Heaven, City Hell. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Murd. Hi, Murd. Morning, you okay? Not too bad, thanks. You well? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing four matches between City and Sheffield United. Murd has nominated a heaven and a hell, and so has our guest for today's show, Mark, from the Tufty Club podcast. Hi, Mark. Hello, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. So uh, let's dive straight in. We're going uh, We're going to start with City Heaven, so it's Murd's choice. Um, we're going back to the 1st of January 2002. It finished Sheffield United 1, City 3. Uh, going into this game, City was second in what is now the Championship in Division 1. Uh, they were one point behind Burnley, who were top. Sheffield United, meanwhile, was 16th, 10 points above the relegation zone and 10 points off the playoffs. Uh, the goals in this game are here. This is the action. Kevin Hallock, very deliberate before guiding it over, aims towards one chop and Gota gets the touch and Manchester City leader Bramall late. Dub encouraged forward by City's travelling faithful, Gota leaves it, Birkovic and it's 2-0. Michael Brown, well we're in stoppage time but it's given the home side hope. Now Wright Phillips, leading the charge, one chop up with him, back to Wright Phillips, well a glimmer of hope maybe only for Sheffield United because City have won it now. There we have it, Murd, why uh, Why this game? I, 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 I think I suspect why, um, but, but tell us why. I'm under pressure now to <laughs> match is your expectation. Um, it, this game, above all the others, encapsulates that Keegan season for me. So when I talk to people about the Kevin Keegan season, people are maybe a little bit too young. I talk to them about just the sheer abandon that Keegan went into that season. So you'd turn up at games and you'd be looking at the team sheet and going, right, so where are the defenders? <laughs> okay, so where, where are the midfielders? Because he'd have Gota, he'd have Wonchop, Berkovic, Benabia, Wright Phillips, Huckabee. I remember in one game he played them all. Uh, we won 3-0. Um, but that game, I remember it was New Year's Day. We travelled and we were all a bit rough. Um, and the, I remember uh, we we saw the team line up. And when the teams came out and we started to play, what we realised was that Keegan, <laughs> Keegan had decided to play Sean Wright Phillips in midfield. And not just attacking midfield, actual midfield where he had proper defensive duties as well. And we thought, well, this will be interesting. But also, we'd gone into that game and a certain Sheffield United manager at the time, Mark, do you mind telling the audience who that was? That was uh, Mr. Neil Warnock. <laughs> Mr. Neil Warnock. So you know what's coming next. He'd been very vocal about Manchester City throughout all that season, uh, as had Dave Jones at Wolves, by the way, but Warnock more than most. And he'd been giving it quite a lot. Uh, in the in the pre-match conference uh, conferences and in the press conferences, and uh, he basically it was intimidated City. Obviously, he was very clear on what his players were going to do to our players. He was very clear on why we were at the top of the league, and it was only down to the fact that we'd got the best manager and uh, he we'd spent what was considered them a lot of money. Basically, a lot of needle going into that game, uh, and you would be forgiven for thinking, well, Keegan's just going to go in, get the one nil win even though it's it's against the grain for him, uh, and we'll win it. When he named that side and we saw that Gota was in there, one shot, Berkovic, right, Phillips, and he thought, right, OK, and he's playing wing-backs as well. He's just going to go for it. And we were all a bit worried that Warnock was going to have his day. It didn't pan out like that. And, and actually, it was, as I was going to say, 
the standout, one of the standout performances of what was a brilliant season. We scored 100 odd goals, but that game and Sean Wright Phillips ran the game from central midfield from a really deep position, which for a tiny guy who was a winger was incredible. Uh, and we knew from then on, we knew from then on, uh, but the football we played w- was incredible. And actually, I, I was looking about, looking up about this game the other day um, when I was speaking to David and Huckabee didn't even start that game, but he brought him on. Yeah. So we brought him on and he didn't take off another attacker. He, he took off like Danny Tiato, one of the wing-backs, and brought on Darren Huckabee just to really add fuel to the fire. And it was just quite incredible. And I think that game was very, very symptomatic of that entire season and Keegan's entire approach to that division is, well, we're going to score six. If you score five, great, but we're going to beat you. Uh, and it was just an amazing performance. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought, uh, I genuinely thought you were going to say this was the day when uh, things started to click for City because the, the, the first half of that season, as good as City were, they, they had the tendency to throw in a quick 4-0 defeat to Wimbledon era there. Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah so, but but it was kind of from about New Year where they went on a real run to, to basically ensure that they finished top of the table. Well, there was that famous quote now where Keegan said, at the end of season, we used to buy the end of season videos, didn't we? Yeah. Or DVDs. Yeah. They'd probably move to by then. And David Bernstein was on it, our chairman at the time, Mark, and he said, I remember speaking to uh, Kevin Keegan in November and saying, um, well, it's quite a run we're on. Uh, and Kevin Keegan said, what do you mean? He said, well, we're unbeaten in six. He went, no, that that's not a run, David. We'll go on a run. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and I think that's what you're referring to is that once we got hit Christmas, that was it. I mean, we weren't just winning games; we were smashing everybody. And we, we, we you're right. We did, we did have the odd sort of blowout where we'd get beaten at home four 0 by Wimbledon. I remember that very well. But no, for me, that was the symptomatic game. That was the pinnacle of the whole season, where he just threw caution to the wind and just absolutely suffocated teams with attackers. It was amazing. Yeah, um, Wimbledon actually beat us four 0 home and away that year. I think, if I remember right, it might have been two one away. Actually, it's two. I remember Stuart Pearce yeah. got sent off anyway in the in the away game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, where where were Sheffield United around this time? What? Uh, how was this season for you? A one o two. It was a typically nowhere season. In fact, I think I've picked for my hell coming up. I think I'm earlier in this same season, aren't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it was it was a pretty nothing season. This one, I I. Would, I in my mind, it was just the epitome of a nothing season. So I looked it up just now, and it was. We, as near as damn it, won, drew, and lost the same amount of games. We finished on minus one goal difference. We finished, I think, 13th, which is as middle as you can Well, 12th or 13th is middle, so we went for the worst of those two options, obviously. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it was just such a... such a, it was Warnock was just still trying to build his team, I think. I think it was his second full season after taking over an appalling team uh, from Adrian Heath. And yeah, it was just just a, a bit of a building season, a bit of a nothing season, this one. Yeah, I do want to touch on uh, one of the goal scorers that day uh, because Michael Brown had, he had a habit of scoring against City, Mark. What are your memories of him? Well, he's, he is my favourite uh, ever Sheffield United midfield player. Um, he's, well, it's brilliant. I mean, you, you, you touched on that there. He, um, we had him on loan from you, I think. And I think he only played about three or four games before we thought, yeah, this guy's better than absolutely everything we've got. Let's buy him. And I'm pretty sure after we bought him, the first game was against you at Bramall Lane. I think we won 1-0 and he scored. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, very good buy. Uh, very bad sell as well for you. Um, so, 
yeah, I, I mean, you didn't miss him onwards from that, I guess. But um, yeah, he, he certainly did really well for us. Yeah, uh, Murd, I, uh, I, when I interviewed Michael Brown a few years ago, he said um, that Neil Warnock, part of the deal to take him to Sheffield United, uh, that Neil Warnock insisted was that he was able to play against City in that, that first game. Uh, and Joe Royal had said, no, 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 absolutely no chance. Uh, and then Warnock said, right, well, we'll pull out of the deal then. And, uh, and Royal was, so, w- w- was that keen on, on getting the money in for him uh, that he said, yeah, OK, then we'll, uh, we'll go with that deal. And then obviously he goes and scores the winner. I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about typical city in a bit, aren't we? With the second game, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, Mark, I'm sure you probably think this as well. But if any player returns to City, having been sold by City, if any player plays against us, they're on the score sheet. They might as well mark it now. And I'm going back when I was a kid, Roger Palmer. Uh, I remember playing Sheffield United once in the early '90s, and I remember looking down the team sheet and going, "Right, nobody that plays for them used to play for us, so we're safe." But little did he yeah. realise that Paul Lake's brother, Mike Lake, <laughs> even though he managed to get on the score sheet. So there's yeah. always something. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And actually, Michael Brown, really, when you look back on it, was probably a little bit too good for that division. I'm not sure. I mean, we needed the money we were skinning. That's why we sold him. But yeah, I remember him being absolutely brilliant for you. And he went on to be brilliant in the Premier League as well. It did. They turned him into from a, like an attacking midfielder to a bit of a dirty That's midfielder right. at Spurs. Yeah. But it was still, it was still good. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. you mentioned Michael Lake there, Mood. Let's move on to uh, Mark's Heaven game because we're going back to the 8th of February 1992. It finished Sheffield United 4, City 2. Uh, ahead of this game, City were fourth with 47 points from 27 games. They were nine points off the top of the table. Uh, Sheffield United, meanwhile, was 17th on 30 points, three points clear of the bottom three. But there were 22 teams in the division that time. at that time, so it's uh, a lot safer than it sounds. Um, here's the goals from the game. This is Gage well to get into the dead ball line Lake outstanding goal Manchester City struggles to clear it Dean Gale gets the flick off 2-0 Poynton that'll be a penalty to Manchester City kill then puts Manchester City back into it have had trouble at these corners and more trouble this time Dean on target Poynton they're queuing up in the middle Hill good strike Good flick on by Dean. Whitehouse. That'll wrap it up for Sheffield United. There we have it. So, uh, Mark, this uh, this game. Um, tell us about it. Why, why is why is this one special to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was I was a kid back then, so everything seems better when you're a kid. Um, not to get too deep into the nostalgia, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think you've touched on it there with the league positions at the time where we were. Um, you, you know, you were top top sort of four or five uh, I think he'd finished fifth the previous season we were just coming out of being rubbish I mean at this time we were doing this thing where we were starting terribly this was, this was our second season back in the top division having a terrible terrible first half of the season then after after the new year everything clicked and we were just on the on the start of that so I think we'd we'd won a couple of games this month sort of you know by scoring four or five goals and this was just this was just a continuation of that. I think we, we were just on a good run of results, and it was just just such a good game because I think y- your team had you know quite a few names in it. I mean, there was there were probably like England internationals that might have been around the B team, or, or were in the case of Peter Reid, um, you know, just sort of on, on the come down of his career. But you know, th- there were names in there, and we were we we kind of swept you aside that day. And um, as you touched on there, Mike Lake. Um, we thought we got a player there um, because there's all this sort of mythology about Paul Lake, which 
I mean, I, I guess you two probably saw him play, but I don't know anyone that ever saw him play. But there was this mythology around him that, you know, the greatest midfielder that England's ever produced, but obviously injuries cut his career short. And his brother came out of nowhere from our sort of reserve team. He'd been kicking around for a while. And, and then all of a sudden he started scoring goals. He, the long ranger at Southampton, um, another long ranger against Forest, I think it was. And then this goal... It's a decent finish, this goal. It's a very good finish, but I would speculate based on what I know about him after the event that it was a cross. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it was just just a great performance. We sort of, you kept threatening to come back in it, but we just sort of, now sort of swept you aside. Kind of in the game that, you know, you were talking about earlier when we got back in it towards the end and you just thought, no, sad that, we're going to go up the end and score another. We're not going to defend the 2-1. And we, I think we, I remember we were a bit like that in this game that you'd start edging back into it and yeah, we'd just go and score another. Yeah, Murd, watching this game back, um, I am astounded at, at City's inability to keep the ball out of the net from corners. It just like it was the, 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 the number of times where Sheffield United were just going, no, no, have a bit more pressure, and City were going, oh god, we don't like the pressure, and just capitulated. Yeah, um, I what it was really unusual because we were we were really good defensively that season. We finished fifth, and we finished fifth uh, as Matt said the year before. Um, and I remember, I remember this. I was in the Sheffield United end along the side, which wasn't <laughs> great. Um, but we, you know, when I'm looking, when I'm thinking about that season and that side we had, we had a really good side then. Obviously, everything's in context based on the side we've got now. But you think we were, we didn't have any investment, and yet Peter Reid had put together a fantastic side. And had we gone again and, and bought maybe a striker and a midfield, younger midfielder than Steve McMahon. We could have definitely got in the top one or two. I have no doubts about that. That's how good that side was. And yet Sheffield United absolutely dismantled us. Completely dismantled. But it was it was quite it wasn't embarrassing because it was Sheffield United, it was embarrassing because of how much we were outplayed. But yeah, very unusual for that defence at that time to concede so many set pieces and so many aerial duels. Yeah. Mark, this this season for Sheffield United, where how did it go for you? Because uh, it's the it's the final season before uh, the Premier League. Um it, it was for for City, as Murd said, it was it was quite a good season and quite a good kind of there was a lot of positivity around at the time. What was it like for, for you guys? Yeah, I, I mean the same once we'd got like say the first half of the season out of the way, um we you know we by by the sort of Christmas time, we were I think probably were bottom three. Um, not quite as bad as the previous season where we we'd kind of only got four points from the first sixteen, but we we looked like we were in for a relegation scrap, and that this time you know we might not get out of it because you know there, was, there were quite a few good teams around. But yeah, that second half of the season we were flying and finished ninth, which I think is our highest ever top you know top division finish, um, joint with you know the, the Premier League season that we had recently and. Yeah, well, sorry, not highest ever, but certainly highest since, you know, way back when in, yeah. in, in the sort of 18, 1900 sort of thing. So, yeah, we, we'd, it was, it was good. You know, Premier League was coming along. Everyone was all very upbeat about, you know, where things were going. And yeah, it was just a, a good season and a good, good time to be, to be supporting United because, um, did the double over Wednesday that season, and the only thing that sort of soured it a bit is that we gave Leeds the title at Bramall Lane on the last, well, penultimate day. Yeah, it didn't sour it for us. Yeah, I was going to say it was uh, <laughs> perfectly fine for us, given who they were going up against. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, Murd, for I, I find the early nineties quite interesting for City because, yeah. as as you say, there was a there was a real opportunity for City to do something there. And then when you look at how the nineties ended, like how, how did they get it so wrong over that 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 kind of decade? It was not even a decade; it's more like four or five years in the decade. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of football fans will will say, "Well, it was all the chairman's fault." Um, in our case, it was all the chairman's fault. Um, <laughs> So we, we had a chairman, Mark, called Peter Swales, and um, we he'd, he'd had the presence of mind to appoint a top-class manager in Howard Kendall. We lost him. I'll never forgive him for that. But brave move putting Peter Reid in, and it worked. But then he subsequently didn't support him in the transfer market. And Peter Reid had a lot of great relationships with him football because he's a really affable, good guy. And he was close to getting a lot of players, from Ian Wright to Dean Saunders, Jeff Thomas, who was good at the time. He went on to be a bit of a car horse, but... There was quite a lot of, and he backed him with Keith Curl and Terry Phelan, granted, but he paid over the odds. He didn't need to pay that. And then gradually, when results started to tail off in the 92, 93 season, it was this Peter Swales went, well, I gave you two £2.5 million defenders, so that's your lot. Got rid of Peter Reid, appointed Brian Horton, and the same thing happened again. We started really well, dead attacking. We were beating team three or four nil. Got to Christmas, I remember it very, very well. Played Ipswich away, beat Ipswich, a good Ipswich side away, and we went. We got into the top six. We came out and said, "All I need is a striker and a centre half to play alongside Keith Curl," uh, and he got nothing. I think he got absolutely nothing. Uh, and uh, that was that was in the December. By the end of that season, we were needing to beat champions Blackburn away to stay up, essentially. And then after that, it was a case of Brian Horton went, and then once Alan Ball came in, that was it. Yeah. That was it. The pressure on him, you know, Franny got it disastrously wrong. So there's another chairman. So it's not just the same chairman. We got unlucky twice, really. <laughs> um, and, then, and, then, and so it was always going to happen. And it's not a case of boom and bust like a Peter Ridsdale where you've got to spend, you've got to spend. But considered transfers would have really helped us push on. Instead, he tried it once, lost his nerve, and that was it and blamed the manager ever since. So, yeah, I think up to 93, I think we were really going places. And then I think we just lost our nerve a little bit and lost our bottle and um, sacked the wrong managers at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, well, let's keep the misery coming because, Murd, we're going to take in your hell game now. Um, we're going to the 27th of January 2008. Uh, finished Sheffield United 2, Manchester City 1. Uh, City was 7th in the Premier League with 40 points from 23 games. Uh, but they were on a run of only two wins in their last nine in all competitions. Things were starting to, to fall apart a little bit. Uh, Sheffield United, meanwhile, were 14th in the Championship, 35 points from 28 games. Uh, Sheffield United had three wins in their last 10, so also not in great form. Uh, here's the action from from a uh, Sheffield United season review. City's travelling fans planned to enjoy their day, but it was their celebrations that burst their own team's bubble in the 12th minute. Sheffield United's Jamaican striker Luton Shelton took advantage of Lee Martin's cross, hitting two balloons to put off defender Michael Ball to give Brian Robson's side the lead. But the championship side were looking dangerous and scored their second three minutes later. John Stead calmly slotted in his first FA Cup goal by pouncing on Richard Dunn's toed clearance as the City defence struggled to cope with United's presence in the six-yard box. Sven Joran Eriksson made a dramatic change at half-time, replacing Alano with 18-year-old Danny Sturridge. And within three minutes, the England under-18 international got one back for City by rattling the ball in off the bar from Petrov's corner. 
There we have it. Mark, before be, be, before I come to, to Murd's uh, reaction to that game, um, I, I want to get your, your thoughts on it because I, I, I remember watching this game and thinking at full time, if you, were to, if you were to tell me which one of these teams was the Premier League side and which one was the, the, the Championship side, you'd have a real... If you weren't to tell me, you'd have a real, real difficulty kind of working out which was which. And I thought Sheffield United were really good that day. Yeah, it was a weird one because we were not long... I think we, this is... yeah. To, the season after we'd been in the Premier League and we'd managed to keep hold of a lot of those players. Um, so it it was, you know, the core of the team was a bad Premier League team, basically. Um, and there were a few extras dotted around there and we'd, yeah, we'd got some some rubbish on loan. and we got, well, he featured. Um, and and he probably part of the reason is hell for you. Um, Martin was on loan from Man United and uh, I'd, I'd hand in one of the goals. And yeah, it's, it's a strange one, that, that game, because as you say, you there wasn't much in it really in terms of the, the quality on show um and I, I, I don't know I, I suppose that was Sven was under a bit of pressure at this point maybe and um I think we were a bit sort of not bothered about it I think the, the attendance for this the, I, I watched the highlights by yesterday I was surprised how empty our our ends were basically you know you I think you'd packed out yours and it just looked like we couldn't be asked. Yeah, Murd, I remember thinking for the, I think I think this one was on BBC One you know um and, uh, yeah, I remember thinking, right, you know, we've got a chance to show people what Sven City are about, and it turned out that they'd do this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mentioned it before, typical City, a phrase that I absolutely hate, uh, but a phrase that does unfortunately exist and did exist for years, and, and basically typical City is um, is whatever can go wrong, it will go wrong to City. And, and that was... That was it was poor on several fronts, and not just the fact that we lost a goal due to a balloon, right? Which, 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 if it was going to happen to any team, I know it did happen to Liverpool with a space hopper, I think it was, um, or a giant balloon, but it happened to us. I think it was, um, it was after that actually. Um, but we we'd started that season brilliantly. There was a massive, massive. Uh, energy of positivity around Sven. We'd got this really famous manager. We'd bought in a load of signings. Admittedly, we never heard of any of them. And then we'd started the season well. We then had a dip. And then we did win a few games leading up to Christmas. And then I think we'd beaten... I remember going to Newcastle over Christmas. We were a good side at the time. They'd spent a fortune. We beat them. We'd beaten West Ham in the third round of the Cup. And so... I'm sure all fans are the same, but City fans, no matter how bad your season's going, once the FA Cup starts, that's it. You're in it. You've got it. You've got a chance. We could win this. This could be our saviour. This is going to be the stepping stone to greatness. And so there was still quite a lot of positivity around the team and Sven and the players. And, you know, we still had Alano and the likes of Petrov and stuff like that. And then they, they went on the pitch and it was one of the most disgraceful performances I've seen. <laughs> Of that area, and by the way, we'd just come out of the Stuart Pearce era where we just didn't score. It was a legal obligation that we weren't allowed to score, and that this that Sven performance was an absolute disgrace. And then, obviously, what tops it was the fact that this balloon had been on in that penalty area. In my mind, it had been in there for for quite a while, and so to that degree, I, I, I do blame the goalkeeper. Yeah, because just, it was pop, in his just pop it, just pop it. It's not hard. It did, because I, I, I was sat in the side stand and I was pretty much where, where I sit, I still sit there now. It's sort of midway between the edge of the area and the and the halfway line. So I was quite near where Hart was and it was starting to yeah. pop him. And then he just he just eventually thought, nah, I'm, I'm 
going to be an England keeper. Me, I'm, I'm not here to clear rubbish. Off, but he, just, he just basically <laughs> caught me arsed and he stopped doing I, it. And that's exactly what I mean by typical City. He'd have popped 10 balloons and he thought, I won't pop that one over there. That won't harm me. <laughs> and then the ball comes in and what does the ball do? Hits the only balloon left in the penalty area. Michael Ball, who may or may not have cleared it, who knows? And then obviously it fell to, fell to your striker. But that just summed up him. It summed up the Shinawatra era. And, and to your point before around, you know, was the manager under pressure? It wouldn't surprise me if he was because Shinawatra was all, all, it was all going really well when we were winning games. When it wasn't, you know, the understanding was that Pep was job was under threat every time he lost a game. And so yeah. you can imagine going into a new year where his top three dream had turned into a top 12 nightmare. Pep's already on the rack and, you know, from, from what is now common knowledge, the second half of that season, Pep knew his days were numbered. So it wouldn't surprise me if around about that time, which was what, late January? It wouldn't yeah, surprise me around about 27th that time. of January, although you've, uh, you've, you've brought Pep forward about uh, 10 years there or so, because um, it was Sven, not Pep. <laughs> I know, I said Pep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Pep. Fro- Freudian uh, slips, well, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Sven and therefore the players knew that the writing was on the wall. But there's no real excuse for that performance. It was a shocker. Yeah, uh, Mark, give me what, what was it like then uh, uh, full time in that game? Uh, because I, I, like City did improve in the second half, they got the goal back, um, and they that there was a little bit of an attempt to kind of get back into the game. I, I from from our point of view, it probably always felt like that, like City were never going to do it. But from your point of view, you must have had the nerves that, that the Premier League side would come along and uh, and ruin the dream. So when the final whistle goes, what was that like? Yeah, it's it's always good isn't it, to beat a beat a higher division team, but. On the other hand, as well, you just you sort of thinking, yeah, we've done this, but are we really going to win the cup? It's always like in the back of your mind, and it's when you when you're sort of a a second, you know, a second tier team, um, you just enjoy the moment, don't you? And it was it was a big win. It felt like a fairly big win for us at the time. But I think the biggest thing about it was I, I still remember now just chuckling away every time I thought about the balloon incident. It was just it just defining part of that match isn't it <laughs> absolute farce um let's finish with uh, some uh hell for our guest we're going to uh, the 16th of october 2001 uh, it finished city nil sheffield united nil um going into this one city were sixth on 19 points from 11 games they were eight points off the top uh, sheffield united were 14th on 15 points from 12 uh, city had won three in their last five uh, sheffield united won two in their last five uh, here's alistair Mann's report of the game from city's end of season dvd one of four successive home matches was to yield just five promotion points. The last to goal as draw against Sheffield United left City with plenty to ponder. Sean Goda's header against the post, a rare positive, while Kevin Horlock sending off only added greater disappointment on a frustrating evening. There we have it. Mark, um, This, I, I guess in this game kind of sums up your season. You were saying earlier about it being a middle-of-the-road season. Um, it, it, it kind of, looking back, absolutely nothing happened in this match. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned the uh, season review DVD, actually, because that's where I managed to find the highlights from for this, and there weren't any highlights. But um, <laughs> I think um, uh, Mark Radcliffe and Mark Riley came on straight after it um, and said that was the worst game of football I've ever seen. Now, that's fair enough for you, but it probably wasn't even the worst game of football I saw that season. But it sticks out clearly in the mind because, you know, for us, we, we had a lot of games like that around this period. But this one really sticks out because it just featured a lot of things that I, I just that just 
piss you off about football. You know, I, I talked about the 92 game where I was a kid and you know, everything's exciting and brilliant. Then by this point, I'm jaded. You know, I mean, I'm well into my 20s and I've, I've seen a lot of football and just just everything about this day was just rubbish. Um, traveled there on, on the supporters bus, which is which is never never great. You know, if you travel on the train, you're at risk of getting your head kicked in. If you travel on the supporters bus, you're just at risk of just all of the antisocial things, getting bored to death by people and just the, the smells and sights and sound. And you just oh, stuck in traffic. Man- Sheffield to Manchester or, or vice versa is never a good journey on the road. Yeah. And just all, all that around it was just rubbish. And then the game itself, as you say, not a lot happened. But then what did happen was just... It it was just it was dirty both ways. I mean, I I, I dug out um, a, a website report, City Till I Die, is it the website? And yeah, it got yeah. on there um, an MEN report. Um, and yeah, I mean, every local press is heavily biased, but it was incredibly bitter bitter read. You know, like it's it's almost like Warner could, I don't know, crapped in this bloke's dinner or something because <laughs> whoever wrote this this report just was not happy at all but the way i remember it it was dirty both ways it was just a really dirty match loads of complaining warnock at his worst you know spoiling tactics um you know i think he, he put montgomery on Bernabia, but then montgomery got a load of kicking um from from your lot teato warnock described his tackle as it made him sick you know on, on Kozluk, it could have ended his career but then the worst part of it all for me was that I didn't even know you'd gone down to ten. I'd missed. I'd missed the red card. I think. I think you went down to ten. Was it a second bookable offence for? for it's, what was it? It's really hard to say because for a strange reason, City kept having men sent off that season. <laughs> they, they, they had about ten red cards in the, <laughs> that season. Um, so it's really hard to narrow down which one it was. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was a second. I think you, you had like six, seven bookings that night as well, and I think we had a few. And I think I didn't even realise he'd gone off. Um, and then the last fifteen minutes, I think, were playing against ten men, and I was, I was, I was happy about the, the way the game was going. We got back on the bus, and I, we were going. Me, me and my mate both hadn't realised it. We're like, oh, good draw that in the end, really, because these, I think, these are going to start pushing, you know. Um, so really, it was a good point. And someone said, "Yeah, but they were down to ten for the last fifteen or twenty, and I'd not noticed this. And this just some worn a cup at the time that we looked like the team with ten. You know, we were defending and, and trying to hold on to what we got, and yeah, I just thought, what a waste of a, what a waste of my night. I've come come away, I've watched this, and we've just not had a shot on goal. Yeah, Murd, that that city side. It's funny the red card was uh, was a thing because I can't. I, I I I suddenly remembered then that we kept getting, we did keep having men sent off for really stupid things that year as well. Like I remember Danny Tiato uh, being sent off against Norwich for grabbing one of their players around the throat and like Stuart Pearce just pulling somebody down as he as they were going through at Wimbledon, as I, as I said earlier. Like there's, that there was a, a raft of red cards that were just for reactions, weren't there? Ali Benabia got sent off. He did. He did. And he got sent off. He'd been elbowed in the face and lost his front tooth and reacted and got sent off. And he just walked off pointing to the front of his mouth to the referees to say what I'm supposed to do. But yeah, I remember Stuart Pearce at Palace away. He just pulled someone back, looked at the ref and went, am I going? And then <laughs> yeah. just started walking off. It was just like every day. But it didn't seem to, I know this sounds terribly obnoxious, but it doesn't mean, it didn't seem to matter. We'd still beat teams. We'd lost, we'd lost players against Millwall, Preston, Norwich, Palace. And other than the Palace game where we always lost at Sellers Park, we'd win. We'd win because we'd just overpower them. But yeah, there was just something. It was almost like, had we not had those men sent off, 
we'd have just walked away with it and we just kept having men sent off just to just to balance it out. But also as well, we did have a feisty side. Tiato, Pierce, Howie, you know, none of them were angels, were they? Yeah. Paul Lock. <laughs> Paul Lock could leave a foot in, couldn't he? Yeah. Stick a foot in, actually, yeah. I mean, still the best sending off ever. I know that wasn't the Keegan era. He was sent off for aggressive walking, which was is still brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I can't aggressive walk if I tried. Um, <laughs> but how he managed it, I don't know. But um, yeah, it was it was a weird season in that respect. It was as if to say, well, we're gonna balance this out a bit, otherwise you're gonna beat these lot six or seven nil. Yeah. Right, well, uh, that's the end for this edition of City Heaven, City Hell. Thank you very much to my guests for today's show, to Murd. Thank you very much. And to Mark from the Tufty Club podcast. Cheers, thanks for having me. We'll be back with another one of these episodes very soon, so we'll see you then. Take care. (laughs) 